how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast interview series, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, chefs, and various other types of creatives as we bridge the gap between creativity and productivity. Here we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and lessons that help promote a successful creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. This episode is brought to you by IronJohnGear.com. In between your creative pursuits, make sure to check out Iron John Gear for top apparel, footwear, fitness items, outdoor supplies, sports gear, and much more. Visit the website for top deals on things like lanterns, backpacks, tents, snow clothing, bomber hats, sunglasses, fishing gear, and more. Visit ironjohngear.com today and save money on your next adventure. In addition to Iron John Gear, make sure to also check out Freelancer Class, where you can learn how to become a freelancer full-time or part-time. The online course will teach you how to make money online as a writer, marketer, designer, virtual assistant, accountant, or salesperson. Stay tuned after the show to learn how to get access for free to this $99 valued freelancer course, along with some other free items on our website, creativeprinciples.live. Jonathan Tropper started writing books, but after several of his books were optioned for films, he got into screenwriting. In this interview, Tropper discusses the film This Is Where I Leave You and the Showtime series Banshee. He also dives into the differences between prose and film, the reason why you don't need as much research in a fantastic world, writing for actors' portrayals versus your own ideas of character, and why he loves the book The Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah, I mean, I started out as a novelist. I wrote a bunch of books, and um, a handful of those books were optioned by movie studios. So at that time, I started meeting with producers, um, you know, some of whom encouraged me to get involved in screenwriting. And, um, you, know, through, you know, through my books to film agent, I landed some, some agents. And, uh, you know, I wrote a spec script. And, you know, I, I always felt I sort of had an ear for and an eye for, for writing screenplays. And uh, so I wrote a spec script, which you know, ultimately got me my first job. And uh, I got into the screenwriting business. It's somewhat rare for an author to be able to want to write their own adaptation. Can you elaborate a little bit on how you were able to do that or what, what, how that came to be? Um, you know, I, it used to be my books got optioned for other writers to adapt, and none of them were getting made. And then when, uh, by the time they came around to optioning my fifth book, um, This Is Where I Leave You, which, which had also been you know, my most popular book, I had already written one or two screenplays, and so I was in a position to say that I want to be the screenwriter attached. And um, they were, you know, they felt the the book was the movie would be very much uh, a fact, a fact, a uh, very much influenced by the voice of the book. So they were very willing uh, to give me that shot, and that was uh, that was the first adaptation of mine. You know, I wrote that got made, and uh, you know, just I guess it was just a confluence of a lot of things happening at the right time and at the right moment for me to be able to make that deal. 
I believe I've read that. I think one of your stories, it may have been that one. You left out some of the darker chapter. What's it like writing that adaptation from your original story? It, 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 you know, it's hard. Obviously, you'd love to create a, you know, a six hour movie that pretty much conveys everything you put into the book. Um, at this point, you know, our entertainment is rarely digested in that form. It sometimes is, but you know, when you're, when you sell something to a studio, they're expecting a good, you know, hundred minute movie and you have to sort of find the more streamlined, satisfying story within all the larger elements that you could put into a novel. So, you know, for me, uh, it, it was, I didn't take them out because they were darker, but I took certain elements out because they were not, um, you know, they were not um, necessary for, for you know, the A story, for the major plot of the story. So you just have to sort of get used to killing some of your babies as you move forward. Mm-hmm. Do you find that you need like a different mindset to write your novels versus uh, film and television? Oh, yeah, it's completely different. I mean, um, you know, novel writing is is really like total immersion. You 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 can explore everything. You can write you know, pages and pages on a single thought or a single moment, and you can you can really decide to slow down your pacing, you know, speed up your pacing kind of at will and not worry not worry about, you know, the framework of it all. You you could just really explore things. Whereas um, you know, in, in, in screenwriting, you know you basically have to fill, you know, between ninety and hundred and ten pages and not more and you know, you have to really build up the uh, you know, build up to your climax at the right time. There's something a little more, um, I don't want to say formulaic, but there's something a little more structured about writing a movie um, just because it has to all play out so quickly. And it, it breeds a real ec- economy of, of words and of, of conveying ideas through through dialogue and through image as opposed to exposition. And, you know, they're just two very different uh, disciplines. And, you know, so when I'm working on prose, when I'm writing a book, I need a lot of time. I need to sink into it. And I can sometimes, you know, spend days on an idea or a particular moment. And when I'm writing a screenplay, um, things tend to move a lot quicker, which isn't to say you don't go back and spend a lot of time editing. But, you know, the idea of screenwriting, as they say, is, you know, for each scene, get in late and get out early. Mm-hmm. Do you find more freedom writing television? No, actually, no. I mean, you know, each 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 comes with its own pros and cons. But, you know, when I'm writing a book, I'm the lord and master. You know, I'm the only guy in charge. It's my universe. When you're writing a screenplay, you're collaborating with a lot of people, and, and you have sort of a lot of masters to please to get it to a point where everyone's willing to take it forward. Mm-hmm. So you wrapped up um, Banshee in May. When, how did that series first come about in that idea? I mean, it's, it was an idea that in some form or another I'd had since high school when I read The Count of Monte Cristo. Mm-hmm. I just had this vague notion of a guy that have a long prison sentence and reinvents himself as a cop. And, you know, it just gradually evolved over time. I think, you know, for most of my life, he was a hero, not an anti-hero. And he used his criminal skills to solve crimes. And then kind of as I became more sophisticated and the TV landscape became a lot more interesting... Mm-hmm. Uh, it became something entirely different, and, and he became a a criminal who posed as a cop in order to further his uh, own agenda. And uh, it was just something that evolved, you know, over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. What's it like evolving a character over four seasons like that? Is it? I mean, do you, do you do story arcs for every season? I would assume. Yeah, we sit down and 
we look at each character and decide what their journey over the season is going to be. And, um, you know, before you get into, you know, and then you get into plot and then you sort of recalibrate everyone's journeys based on the plot you're dealing with. And you look for ways to just, you know, interconnect all these characters, but give them all their own individual arcs over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, was there any, um, you mentioned some of the criminal aspects, what kind of research was involved for the series? Um, you know, not that much because we, you know, we had the luxury of making it sort of a fantastic world. Like we invented our own town and, you know, its own law enforcement. So, you know, we did have police consultants just to keep us in check a little bit. But we really, you know, we established a tone from the first episode where we could play a little bit fast and loose with, you know, verisimilitude. And, and we could, uh, you know, we could pull off some stuff that maybe in the real world you'd never pull off. But, you know, we purposely set the show with a tone that was not quite grounded so we'd have the freedom to sort of uh you know play with that but you know we definitely had we had writers who had done a lot of procedural work and you know we had cops we spoke to just to get you know words right and concepts right and legal terms right and you know, beyond that we just kind of made it up in addition to uh monte cristo are there other cinematic or literary influences involved in the series in Banshee, oh there's a ton everything from uh you know, David Cronenberg, A History of Violence, to Quentin Tarantino, to the Coen brothers, uh, to all the B-action movies of the 90s, the straight-to-video movies from, you know, Dolph Lundgren and Jeff Speakman and Jean-Claude Van Damme. I mean, it's all in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there anything, um, any ideas that have changed over the last four seasons, like something you thought about writing that's changed after you finish the series? You mean within the series? Uh, any of your like thoughts on writing? Have any of those changed since you started the series? Anything you've learned or would would care to pass on to future writers? Um, yeah, one of the things you learn, I think, you know, doing any uh, any kind of long form series is just that you have to be willing to abandon your in, your preconceived notions about characters and uh, plots, just because. You know, once actors, if they're good actors, inhabit those roles, they are going to interpret them differently than you saw them in your head. And you could continue to obstinately write to the character you saw in your head, which will never play out right on screen. Or you could learn to write to the character as, you know, he or she now exists in a flesh and blood incarnation with this actor. So I think it's just about, you know, being flexible and collaborative and being willing to sort of you know, let other people breathe life into your creations and then work with what those people have brought to it. Mm-hmm. Does writing for television somewhat limit the backstory for a character because something, anything could change the following season? No, not at all. I mean, I think, you know, when you start a, any, any good writer's room is going to fully develop the backstory of every character. Cause you know, even if, even if a lot of that stuff never shows up on screen, you need to know that stuff to write them and, and the actors need to know that stuff to play them. So, and you have to really be informed about your characters. If you go into pitch a show, if you go into sell a show, or if you go to do press on a show, you need to know everything about that character in order to speak intelligently about, you know, where they come from and, and who they are. So I think, uh, I think backstory is vital. You may not get to show it all on screen because you only have 10 or 12 episodes, but you know, having it is going to inform every decision you make about the characters. Where do stories usually start for you? They start with a single idea or a character or just a situation? Generally, for me, start with a character and I build the situation around it. 
Um, once in a while, a situation will occur to me and, you know, but I never go very deep into the situation without, for me, I always need to sort of anchor it with a character. Can you elaborate a little bit more about some of your writing rituals? Like when it's just you alone in the room, do you have a certain time of day or certain things like that? Yeah, for me, I really treat it like a job. Like I, I need to be at my desk before 9 a.m. and I need to spend the day, you know, and, uh, you know, there is a tendency because you work on your own schedule to blow off uh, afternoons, et cetera. But, you know, I think to be productive and especially when you have stuff in production and your people are waiting for your scripts, I think you have to put in at least a full day. You know, there are times you have to put in a lot more, but I think it could be really dangerous to start sleeping late and getting to your desk at 11 and breaking for lunch at one. And, you know, so I just, you know, to me, I don't have a lot of ritual, but I do treat it very much like a, desk job. Mm -hmm. What do you find to be one of the more difficult steps in the writing process? Um, I, I think for me, you know, on, on the, it's just sticking with it. It's just plowing through those parts that slow you down. You always get to those parts that kind of get you stuck. And that's when you tend to close your computer or go off and do other things. And, and you sort of dread getting back to it. And, you know, for me, especially, I think just having the willpower to sit and power my way through something that's slowing me down uh, is something I still struggle with. What do you find? Uh, what makes a good story in your opinion? I, I don't know. It's just, it, it's people, uh, you know, I think, I think imperfect people uh, doing imperfect things with their lives and, and bearing the consequences and, you know, just a story where, you know, people have to struggle against the consequences of their imperfections and, you know, be relatable while, you know, while dealing with it uh, just makes for, you know, compelling book or compelling television show or a compelling movie. Just, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, people struggling to be the best versions of themselves, I guess. You've got a lot of projects uh, in development currently. Is there anything else you'd like to share about something coming up in the future? Um well, I have a new uh, I have a new show that's going to be going on Cinemax called Warrior, which is uh, you know set in 1870s Chinatown, San Francisco. I'm doing that with Justin Lin and uh, the Bruce Lee Estate, and uh, it's going to be uh, you know sort of a an epic period piece, while at the same time a really exciting uh, action show. And uh, you know that's written, the pilot's written, and uh, we're just we're starting to figure out production. But I'm very excited to see that come to life now. How do you balance it um, between your, like your books and your, and TV and film and everything? Kind of poorly. Um, I'm just sort of swimming in it. And, uh, you know, I guess you just, whatever's hottest, that's where your attention goes. You know, wherever the fires are, that's where you got to be. So um, I don't really have a great system. I need a better one. And I, I, you know, I'm very late with my book now. I've been working on a book for a while and I'd love to, get that finished and, you know, just, I, I wish I were a little better structured about how I approached it. We're coming up on time. Is there anything else you'd like to share about uh, the last season of Banshee? No, it's, it's uh, it, you know, I take a lot of pride in it. It was, it was a somewhat controversial season because we, we changed up the tone a little bit, but we really wanted, you know, we felt, you know, after three seasons of really high octane action that, you know, we didn't want to try to keep topping ourselves and, uh, so we went for something much more character-driven and moodier, and uh, you know, uh, for better or worse, that was how we wanted to say goodbye to the show. And I think, you know, I think we said goodbye in a very satisfying manner. 
And I think you know it's it's a short season. It's eight episodes, and but it's fun. To, it's fun to watch it because we really kind of flipped every every notion viewers had about the show on its ear. When you come into season four, you know nothing is what you expect, and everything has changed since the end of season three. So it's just fun to kind of disorient everybody and then uh, take them through the story. What kind of tone are you predicting for your new show? Um, <laughs> it's going to be. Um, you know, I think I, you know, um, you know, similar to Banshee, it's it's going to be, you know, it, it's going to be dark. It's going to be um, a little bit brutal, and at the same time, it's got to be fun and entertaining, or it's, you know, not worth doing. So, uh, I think you know, brutal, brutal good fun is what I would say. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Before you leave, don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter where you also get free access to the freelancer course, Master the Freelancer Mindset. This system will teach you exactly how to find clients online, which includes step one, the psychology of the mindset, step two, how to create a killer profile, and step three, how to find quality clients. This online course is valued at $99. It can be yours for free. In addition to the free course, you'll get access to the ebook How Hollywood Screenwriters Annihilate Writer's Block. This contains advice from Aaron Sorkin, Carrie Fukunaga, and William Monahan. You can find all of this and more on creativeprinciples.live. Visit the website for new interviews, articles, and the daily blog. That's creativeprinciples.live.